Another week of real true facts, the realest, truest podcast out there. My name is Nancy Drew. And I am Stone Phillips. Not hey, that one. Not that one. Hey, Stone. Uh, so today we are going to switch it up a little bit on the show. Uh, last week we were asked to do an episode about psychic stuff, which was yes. kind of kind of broad. Psychic stuff. Um, so we, we've kind of been circling the runway, as I like to say, with a lot of psychic stuff on the show uh, topics that we've covered like ghost communications with the medium we talked about with poltergeist uh, we've got the mothman that uh, sent out psychic communications the witnesses claim they received psychic communications from that and so um we're gonna go in a little bit further depth of what that means to be psychic and have psychic stuff <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is one way, one way to put it. And uh, our guest this week is actually, I believe it is you, Nancy. Surprise! It's me. So uh. <laughs> due to your, as mentioned in some previous episodes, your uh, psychic sensitivity, uh, you know, lends you to psychic experiences or um, psychic stuff. Yes, uh, this week you don't have to look any further than your own backyard. Um, it is true. I am the guest today. And I know I've kind of hinted at my psychic abilities in previous shows. So I figure I might as well just speak on it. You know, inquiring minds want to know. So I'll do my best to describe uh, my experience and what it means to be psychic. Right. So uh, Dr. Seymour and I will uh, kind of take the... Um the, the stance as the interviewers and uh, try and uh, probe uh, the matters at hand. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of go from there. I'm excited for that. It's, it's uh, not every day that I get to be the expert and kind of, uh, you know, have Dr. Seymour listen to, to what we have to say, I guess, you know, he's, uh, he, he's going to be the student this week, I suppose. Sure. Yeah, that's one way. Definitely that's one, one way, way to put look it. At. Not, not to insult him at all. <laughs> right. And uh, so we'll be talking about. So are we going to do you think we'll hear some some personal stories some personal details or, you know, what uh, what makes you, uh, you know, in your opinion, what makes you the best guest for uh, for this psychic stuff episode? Well, I've had these abilities for a really long time. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I've had a few instances when I was a kid that made me um, realize that I was able to perceive things beyond our normal senses. And we've got our, you know, the five senses, but then there's the sixth one out there. And so when I realized that I, I had that, you know, it was something that I'll get into, but uh, I think it makes me qualified. I, I think being psychic is very subjective. I think there's a lot of different ways you can be psychic and tap into those experiences. So I'll tell you as many personal stories if if you want. I can tell you about my process, whatever you want to know. I mean, I say I already know what you're going to ask me, but I'll just let you ask me anyway. So, yeah, we'll get into psychic stuff. Um, but first. And now, and now it's, it's time, time for... for Send in the clones. 
So this is a new segment. Uh, we're calling it Send in the Clones, uh, a bit of a play on words there. And we're addressing uh, one of the um, issues that we see uh, or may not see. You may not be aware, but uh, there are clones all around us. It's been around for about, uh, oh, 25 or so years. Let mm-hmm. me see you know, if I'm, how my math is. Yeah, you I believe be- uh, the first clone was in 1996. Right. So you may be familiar with a a little sheep, Um, but uh, it didn't stop there. Uh, For instance, uh, Paul Rudd, he he is a clone. Mm -hmm. You know, he he looks young. uh, He acts young. That's because that corporeal form is still young. Yes. Yes. It it continues to regenerate. Uh, It's very similar to how. Uh, teleportation works when you send one cell to another side or you regenerate it, the original one dies, and then the one that takes its place is a copy, but it is a younger copy. Right. Yeah. So, makes sense. That's why he looks so good. Uh, another clone is Eminem. Eminem is a clone. I think he was cloned in 2006, which would explain why as he ages, he looks so different and uh, his music has changed. Sure. Um, Yeah. Because uh, any normal human or artist would look exactly the same, uh, say the same things, make the same music. They wouldn't change over time. That's how we know that, you know, that he's a clone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and they say that the clone has the same bone fragments as the original. So they use the bone fragments to make uh, the new clone. Right. That's just one way to do it. That's I'm sure there are more. Stephen King, the writer. Mm. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if this was all uh, one of his own experiments. Um, you know, maybe we can get uh, Mr. King out here for an interview, but um, he is, in fact, a clone. No one, uh, no one actual being could write that many books and stories. Yeah. And that would explain why he keeps writing things, most really good, prolific uh, writers uh, are dead. They, right. they you know, died already, but he is still here. He's still making books and screenplays and novellas and things like that. And so the only reason I can think is that he is cloned. So that's good that you know that. Right. Yeah. The, the uh, you know, his, the stuff that he wrote a while ago, that that being has died. So that's why it's good. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, he continues the cycle. Yeah. Very similar to how Eminem is. Um, well, I don't know. Let's I mean, Gloria Estefan. She, right. She's, she's a clone. Right. They, and I think we yeah we saw that uh, the first time she danced. I think that was pretty evident. Yeah. I mean, you can't be that beautiful and have that much energy all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there has to be more than one of you to accomplish that. I mean, the song says, she said, get on your feet. If you were old and tired, you wouldn't be able to do that. Right. And, and notice it's get on your feet, not get yeah. on your foot. Right. Both of them. Right. And, and possibly even four or four. six. Yeah. It could be anyone. It could be anyone's feet. Right, multiples. Multiples. Not just her two feet, but her four feet, her six feet. Well, that would stand um, a reason she has an entire army of herself. And she's like, yeah. call, she's calling her clones to action. Get on your feet. You right. And, right. The, and the, rhythm, the rhythm is going to get you. Sure. The this rhythm has, has gotten many. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of a call to action, the um, entire team, uh, the 1996 Bulls. Yeah. Clones. Clones. 
How do we know? Well, uh, I don't think there's, you know, uh, any doubt or assumption that needs to be made there. Um, how does one team you know, win that many championships? It's it's not possible. So mm-hmm. they're so in tune. It's like, yeah, you could say the coach, you could say Phil Jackson was a good coach, but you got to have good stuff that you're working with, too. It's like they have to be genetically engineered, which actually might be a whole other thing. Right. And of course, and we can't, uh, you know, uh, um, Michael Jordan, for instance, there were many Michael Jordans, you know, a lot of them died. Uh, they yeah. worked so hard. They just, you know, wore themselves out. So you just had to keep making new ones. And there was uh, at least at least six of them, right? Sure. Yes, at least. Yeah, and it's at a least. common practice with uh, uh, athletes of this caliber. Um, you, you know, one isn't going to isn't going to last. Yeah. How could know? how could somebody play a sport and be in a movie at the same time and underwear commercials and a a shoe brand and lifestyle brand. It just, it's not, it's not possible. So I, it's, it's almost strange. It's stranger to think that it was all done by one person. Yeah. And he played baseball too. Remember he played for the white Sox. Right. One version did. Yes. So that's, yeah, that's one timeline, one clone that we knew about that did something other them play basketball sure which is so weird the clone would make sense would you say that michael jordan's probably the most famous clone well i mean that's a hard question because then we get into who's more famous because there are so many i mean paul rudd's pretty darn famous right now super famous um, yeah so it's um yeah that's a difficult question we'd probably end up debating uh, who's more famous more so than who's more of a clone no, I, I don't know much about this, but do you know if there is a way to test whether or not someone is a clone? Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, so um, we will uh, next week, we'll get into more details because, uh, you know, as we get into topics on uh, here on Real True Facts, we find that uh, we could go on and on and on and clones and it gets so in depth that uh, next week we will actually get into how to test uh, to know if you or someone you know is a clone. Oh, so you can even find out if you were a clone too. Right. If you answer these questions and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because how else would you know if you're a clone unless yeah, someone told Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's like if we might be in for a rude awakening next week. Right. And that's why we have to, I'd like to dedicate a whole episode to, uh, to clones. Let's do it. Let's do it. It was a segment. Now it's a show. This is, this is the, uh, the beauty of, of, uh, information. This has been. Send in the clones. So this week we are discussing psychic stuff. I know clones are very interesting, but we'll get to that next yeah. week. Um, and we have our very own Nancy Drew and Dr. Seymour, and I will be conducting a bit of an interview. Uh, Nancy, are you with us? Yes, I am. And Dr. Seymour. Yes, I am here as well. Yes. So uh, why don't we start things off, Nancy? You you um, you uh, 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 spoke a little bit about it earlier, but what um, what makes you qualified to talk about psychic stuff? I believe I'm qualified to talk about psychic stuff, uh, or we'll just say psychic abilities uh, or extra sensory perception. Um, I'm qualified to talk about these things because. Ever since I was a child, I've been having these experiences and I I pushed them away for so long. But as I got older, my abilities to sense 
um, the the inexplicable or, or to to perform these acts grew stronger and so I, I got to a point I, th- I think probably in my late teen years or early 20s uh, where I just said like you know what let's do it let's let's just go head first into um, this world here and so I, I suppose I, I've been practicing these things and honing these talents for many many years. Okay, so you've been honing talents and abilities for many years. Uh, So Dr. Seymour, uh, she mentioned extrasensory perception. What what are we thinking that might mean? Um, That's what I'm excited to find out is that I've done quite a bit of research in this field and the history of it and in a more large-scale impact on society, but had very few interactions with individuals. So extrasensory perception, and earlier you you mentioned an ex, um, going beyond your five senses. Um, what uh, I have read about in so many mm-hmm. different things, what, what extra abilities do you have? So there are a lot of different kinds of psychic abilities. Psychic is sort of like a, a blanket term to not only describe the abilities, but also to describe the person who has these abilities. And so it could range from being telepathic or being clairvoyant. You know, telepathy, you can you can read thoughts. Uh, clairvoyance is sort of like uh, how Eleanor Darkness is also a medium. So she can speak to ghosts. There's different ways that, that you can... Uh, interpret to receive and interpret these messages and so my area of expertise is that I would consider myself an empath so I I'm not really so much rooted in the you know crystal ball kind of past present and future which is uh, something that that people can do Uh, but I am someone who uh, feels other people's energy, be it uh, a person who is alive or a person who has come before us and left that energy behind. So I can go into a building and I can touch the walls and kind of feel who used to be there and what uh, energy or, or vibes that they left behind. Um, but uh, I'm also able to get messages from being around other people and feeling their emotions. They don't have to tell me what they're feeling. I can feel them. Uh, anyway, it's a little bit less of, uh, communicating with the dead or the spirits and more, uh, communicating with, uh, the living or similar, but in a different way. Yes, I can communicate with ghosts. I have done that before. Um, I haven't done it a lot, mostly because it is something that I find stressful, so I I don't do it a ton. But if I feel like I am called upon to communicate with a ghost and to help this ghost, I feel like I'm, they have chosen me to be the best person or I, I sort of sometimes I say conduit, like I'm the best conduit for these things. And so I'll do my best to communicate with them. So I can do that. Uh, but I guess in my wheelhouse, I deal more with the living. Wow. So Dr. Seymour, I want to try something here, but I want you to um, uh, kind of oversee this and make sure it's as scientific as possible. I'm going to draw a shape on a piece of paper and see if, uh, and see what Nancy says uh, she thinks it is. What, uh, what should we be looking for Dr. Seymour uh, when conducting this kind of test? Um, 
what's what's important here is um, trying to keep your in this case since we are not in the same room in the same location we, we're not so much worried about our uh, our body language or our facial features but oh, okay. it's important mm -hmm. to your verbal communication as even keeled as possible as to not um, tip anything off here. And also, if I'm understanding um, Nancy's abilities correctly, you're really going to need to control to maybe not control, but be aware of your own emotions. If that is, is the major sense that she is picking up on, um, you need to be aware of how you're feeling when you're drawing this so that she can um, experience that um, in the most effective way. Okay, so Nancy, uh, let's see here. I, all right, I just drew a, a shape and uh, I'm transmitting that. Well, I'll, I'm looking at it, so I'm thinking about it. What did I just draw? Well, from what I gathered, you were going to draw something really simple, but then you thought, no, I'm going to draw something harder. So it's harder for, for me to guess. Um, the shape I believe you drew was a polygon. Polygon. Is that, um, is that how many, I, I drew a, I drew a, a stop sign. I'm not sure if that's a polygon, but, uh, cause originally, okay. So, okay. That's uh, I originally was going uh, yeah. to draw a square, and I thought that's too easy, so See, I cross yeah, I kind of so crossed that out. Yeah, uh, my initial thought was that you were going to draw a trapezoid, and that you you were going to pick something with more sides to try and like trip me up. Trapezoid. That's the one with the um, uh, how many sides does that have? Four, I think. Four. So yeah, I, it was a sloppy. It was a sloppy square. So yeah. I could definitely see trapezoid coming at, coming out of that. Octagon too. I, you know, that's another good shape. That's you know, we when when we're picking up messages, sometimes we, it's it's you get like a little mix of like the beginning, the middle, and an end of a thought. So you won't get the whole thing. It's almost like getting a uh, uh, when you're talking on the phone, you're going through a tunnel. It's like you get some of the message, and you kind of have to use some context clues to fill in the whole thing. So, you know, I, I could, I could sense you putting the, the pen to the paper and then you drew something and then it kind of cut out a little bit. And then, and then the message came in that you were done drawing. So, you know, then I, I just kind of have to fill it, fill it in from there. Interesting. Okay. So, um, Hmm. I'm trying to think of uh, other possible ways to uh, just uh, to display this to our, our, our listeners and viewers so they can, you know, um, be aware of the, the credibility here. Um, you know, a square and a polygon is pretty darn good. Um, have you heard of something called Mad Libs? Yeah, Mad Libs. So, um, there, you know, Mad Libs. Uh, so, uh, you know, Blank went to the store and bought a noun. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, Blank is going to be someone in this room. So, you have a one in three shot. But noun, that is not so easy. Um, so, I'm writing this down now. Okay. So that people know I'm not coming up with it later. And then, uh, okay. So, uh did you did you feel anything? I just wrote uh, yeah. the noun. Blank went to the store and bought a blank. Yeah. Well, I'm sensing that first of all, the sentence is going to have a subject and a predicate. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's right. 
the first noun is going to be a proper noun. And the second noun is going to be um, like a, a, a per, like a person, place, or thing. Yeah, it's store. Yeah, so we know that that's store. So what they bought is not going to be a proper noun. Correct. Yeah. So what what vibe are you getting here? I just wrote two things down. Uh, blank went to the store and bought a blank. Uh, Doctor Seymour went to the store and bought a microscope. <laughs> so how how do you know? How did you know that I wrote microscope though? Like no one goes to the store and buys a microscope. So I thought it might might trip you up. But I mean, if, right. I, if if <sighs> I order all of my microscopes, so to to think that it would come from a store that each of you would have independently come up with that. I understand why you would choose that as you were saying stone to trip mm-hmm. her up, but that, that the Nancy was able to come up with that. Mm-hmm. I, I, so, yeah, I, I don't know what more proof we, we need for our, our viewers and uh, listeners. So I was right. That's what I said. I don't know how uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Seymour went, uh, went to the store and bought a microscope. Um, that's Listen. not, yeah. You know, you know, an empath is someone who is highly aware of the emotions in the world and, and the, from the people around them. And it's almost you feel them like they were your own. So when I'm thinking about people that I know or people I don't know and and I, I close my eyes and I receive my messages and I feel their emotions like they were my own. So when I feel a need for something, sometimes I have to think I really need this? Like earlier today, I thought, you know, I, I thought, man, I really need a microscope. And I was like, no, I don't. Like, why would I think that? And I thought, you know what? That feeling does not belong to me. That belongs to someone else. But I'm going to hang on to that because later I'm going to figure out exactly who that belongs to. And so when you asked me that, I had already knew that someone today needed that object. So... You know, say it's like it's like you find the shape and you find the hole and you have to match up the shapes. And sometimes it takes a few tries, but it's it's there and you match it up. Sometimes you have the shape before the hole. Yes. Sometimes I have a shape and I can't find a hole to put it in. Wow. Okay. so, um, yeah, this is getting even more interesting. Why don't we take a quick break? Uh, I have to rest my brain. I feel like I've been uh, mentally taken advantage of a little bit here. I'm trying <laughs> to figure this out. So why don't we take a quick break and uh, come come right back talking about psychic stuff. We're back this week with our very own Nancy Drew, uh, myself, and Dr. Seymour interviewing her um, due to her psychic abilities. Now, uh, we've confirmed those abilities with um, with uh, some, some basic tests that are pretty difficult to fake, to be honest. I don't know how, um, you know, we're not in the same room uh, or even the same uh, probably the same state. Again, we won't confirm our exact locations. Um, so I'd like to possibly get down to maybe more details. Uh, you said this developed or started in the past. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it has always been there my whole life, you know, and I, 
I think children are very in tune to things. I think, you know, sometimes children can be very creative and sometimes we chalk that up to like, oh, they have a very overactive imagination or, you know, if you have a kid, they draw you something and you're like, oh, what's that? And they're like, oh, that's the man that lives in the attic. And you're like, what? But, you know, there is some truth in that because it is very possible that children are very sensitive two messages because they haven't been really bogged down by reality yet. They don't have a lot of things in reality that are kind of, you know, uh, holding them down. Like, you know, we have jobs, we have bills to pay, we have stresses, we have responsibilities. You know, kids, they're kind of live wires when it comes to emotions. And so I think being an empath, you kind of maintain that sort of childlike ability to access your emotions very easily. And so, you know, when I when I was a kid, I remember I would have things happen to me around the house that I couldn't really explain, and uh, and, and no one really believed me. You know, like I, if I saw a ghost, and I I thought, oh, there, I, you know, I saw like a man. It looked like a man walking up the stairs, and I turned around, and no one would be there. And so, it's how like, old were you when you first noticed these things? Uh, I was probably. I don't know, maybe around eight years old when I started noticing these things. Mm-hmm. You know, I was. Uh... Was there um, was there a time, like you said, it's very common. And in my um, reading and research, it's been very common with children. Was there a time where I, f- I forget what phrase you used previously, but where you kind of embraced or realized that that you were someone special or that you, you were going through a change and that mm-hmm. you, you were maybe um, there was something new ab- about you in this ability. Yeah. I mean, I always felt these things as a kid. I, I think it became more, um, pronounced, more prevalent when I was, uh, a teenager, maybe, you know, sometime around 14, 15 years old. Uh, I'd always known that I had these abilities, but, uh, you know, it, maybe it was with the, the onset of, of puberty or something like that. But, you know, I um, I was able at that age to sort of see more messages. And when I say messages, you know, people receive things in all sorts of different ways. I get a lot of like uh, flashes in my mind of uh, colors. Um, could be auras. You know, if you you know, sometimes it's like the saying when people get angry, they see red. It's like okay, well, that's that's a message. Um, so you would see colors or I would see symbolism or I would just get a feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, you know, um, you know, if my stomach hurt really bad or I was, I was feeling like, you know, super angry or something like that. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm receiving a message. What message is it? Is it my own? Um, and so I think when you're young, it's very easy to confuse those things and then kind of chalk it up to just, you know, being a moody teenager, but it could be something else as well. So you're in high school, college, you know, whatever, uh, what, uh, something had to, you know, there have to be some weird stories or incidents where maybe things went, went wrong, went right. You know, I couldn't, if this happened to myself, I have to imagine I would be trying to, you know, play the lottery or, um, you know, read the mind of, uh, this girl I liked and mm. was trying to ask to the prom or, you know, what, uh, what, uh, how did this affect you and your personal life and what kind of real situations? and real, you know, um, uh, examples came out of this? Um, well, when you're younger, you have less impulse control. 
And so it's very easy to um, not use it, not use it for evil. I've never used it for evil, but sort of like think, oh, man, like I could probably get this boy to like me or something like that. Or, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I think the and this is going to sound very far fetched, but I think the moment for me that I knew that it was different was um when I was really sick, I, I ran a really, really high fever and I was very, you know, in and out of everything. I, I felt very weak and I had, I was laying in bed and I, I had a voice come to me and it seriously sounded like this very gentle little voice was sitting inside of my ear and, and the voice said to me, go ahead. And I remember I sat straight up in bed and my fever broke and I wasn't sick anymore. And I just remember I, I it collapsed in tears and I was crying and I just, I felt this wave of emotion. I felt like, why am I crying? I'm not sad. And it's just, I, I think that in that moment, that was sort of the, the instance where my abilities to read these messages that are, are previously, um, hidden from the regular people in the world around us that was the moment that i could actually access those and differentiate that from those of my own so it was a spirit said go ahead or a per what i what what was this it was an angel an angel on earth from heaven celestial uh it was not it was not of this earth it was it was from a different you know realm completely it was not here it wasn't a person it was an angel and what do you think they meant by you said go ahead mm-hmm. what said, did they mean by that you think um it felt like they were giving me the strength to not only overcome the illness but also to not be afraid of who i actually was because there were so many times in my adolescence or coming of age years where I just would push down any sort of messages. I would push down my feelings. I would, you know, chalk it up to, you know, lunar cycles or something and, and just and write it off. But it was in that moment it was like, no, like, here's the validation you've been looking for. Here's here's this trauma we're going to put your body through. And now that you've come out of the other side of it. It's like, do you finally understand? Yes. Now, go ahead. So what did you do immediately after this? Did you go get ice cream? Did you, <laughs> you know, I. <sighs> well, I was uh, I was bawling my eyes out. And I remember my mom came into my room. And because I've been sick, she had been like, you know, kind of checking on me occasionally. And. uh and she goes, what's wrong? And I, and I said, uh, all I could say was I saw an angel and she started crying too. And, you know, the dog came in and jumped up on my bed and we just like, we just kind of sat there and uh, just, just sat in silence and really like had a moment. And, uh, you know, I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I was perfectly healthy, almost to the point of, wondering if I ever was sick to begin with and and was it a dream but you know you get that feeling deep down it's like no that wasn't really a dream 
this um, experience, mm -hmm. it's, it sounds very intense that, that, it, that it came along at a certain time, very emotional time, um, that there was a connection with another female living in close proximity to you, yes. experiencing yes. those same emotions. Do you feel that there is kind of um, ups and downs in your ability? Do they, do they come and go? Are they more intense at some times? Or is this like an every day of the week? No, not every day of the week. I mean, I would say maybe like it's only super intense for like three or four days and then it goes away you know sometimes you know sometimes sometimes it's not there at all but um you know having a connection you know being an empath and having a connection with another person sometimes it does make it stronger sometimes they kind of sync up with you sometimes you know it's uh it's interesting you know i'll, I'll ask you dr seymour from a science standpoint um is there any sort of explanation because i always just chalked it up to to having an experience with an angel or, or just being sick and, and and because my body was so run down i was able to kind of tap into something else like scientifically speaking i know i'm being interviewed but i'll ask you um you know is, is there is there like a a scientific explanation for for why i would have felt something like this uh, no um those are great questions because i know you're trying to 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 learn more about I've, it yeah. as I'm trying to learn from you. Um, the, the, the nearest thing I could tell your, your body is weakened. Um, some of your senses, some of your, some of your abilities are not there. And um, the nearest experience I can liken it to, because this is not unique to humans. It, it goes on to animals, but like when an animal or when, when one goes blind, their hearing, their, their smell, a sense of spell is more intensified. So when one part of your body, either physically, um, psychologically, um, could be from an illness, could be from something um, just being drained from your body for whatever reason, something else may well up and become stronger or, or more intense or um, more perceptible um, near as I can tell from your experience. Mm -hmm. It sharpens, yeah. 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 So w with your experiences, have you found since since that was years ago, do do you find your abilities most um, most intense or most uh, uh, most able at locations you are familiar with or in new locations where you are less familiar? It's actually, that's a great question. It, it, the, my abilities are stronger when I'm in a new place. Uh, if I'm at home or if I'm with people I know, I'm very used to those energies and I'm used to those emotions and, and how to deal with the people in my life. And, and, you know, like if you, when you live with your parents, you, you get to know how they feel about certain things, what, what their likes and dislikes are. So you can kind of differentiate between your opinions of things versus that of like a spouse or a kid or something like that. You know what they like and what they don't. When I'm in a new place, that is when the senses are a little bit more sharpened because, it, you know, being around a stranger or tons of strangers, I'll get this like overwhelming kind of like a a, a bombardment of emotion and so I'll feel a lot of things at once and I, I think a lot of people would chalk that up to like a social anxiety kind of thing but I don't have social anxiety so what I'm feeling is 
someone else's emotions and I am just like a little sponge. I'm being, I'm absorbing uh, all of this foreign energy and uh, foreign messages from, you know, various different things. And so when I am in a new situation or I'm in a new building or something like that, I do find that uh, those abilities do become stronger, almost sort of like a defense mechanism. I'm I'm just recording all of this for myself, kind of Venn diagramming it here. So yeah. I've got I've got two scenarios here. I need you to kind of bear with me here okay. as, as I'm trying to learn. Okay, a familiar person in an mm-hmm. unfamiliar location, or a familiar location with an unfamiliar person. Where do you feel the most? Where do I feel the the most psychic? I guess. Yes. Um, right. Where do you feel the most feelings or emotions? Uh, where do you feel the most? Well, that's fascinating because regardless of who I'm with or where I am, if there is an unfamiliar aspect to it, I will feel that strongest first. So if I'm with someone familiar in an unfamiliar location, I'll either get the messages from the location or I will get the new emotion from the familiar person because either way it is new and it's different. So if someone familiar to me is feeling something new, that is unfamiliar and therefore stronger. So I guess if you're going to do a diagram, if you're going to have your like intersecting, you know, circles, I suppose in the center, it would be unfamiliar location, unfamiliar person. That would be where my abilities are the strongest. Mm-hmm. So now, if, if both places are familiar, then I I might not have that side of my brain switched on, or I may have dampened it a little bit because I don't have anything um, new to expect. When we're um, studying psychic abilities of all sorts, um, I have not had the pleasure before tonight of, of studying an empath, but a mm-hmm. lot of times we we try to categorize um, the the ability to perceive something as either precognition, um, perceiving something that will happen, or postcognition, um, perceiving things that have already happened. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you, and, you know, it, it seems um, we, we don't have a psychic term for the ability to perceive what's happening because that doesn't fall into the psychic realm traditionally. Um, but when you are reading into somebody else's thoughts, emotions, feelings, obviously that is, that is an option that you're that you're perceiving exactly what they're perceiving as they're perceiving it. Mm-hmm. How, how often do you feel a feeling before someone else? How often are you experiencing it as they are? And how often are you experiencing something that maybe happened in the past for someone to, to kind of fill in the blank? I think we, we alluded to this earlier with when we were trying, when we had holes and blocks and shapes to mm-hmm. shove in and out there. Um, but, but where do your abilities fall? Um, I think the easiest thing for me is to feel things that have 
already happened um, and then just sort of interpret those messages as you will. So I'll say, for instance, if I go into an old building, we'll say, you know, like in Chicago, there's lots of historic buildings, a lot of buildings in the 20s and things like that. You know, we'll say I'm in Union Station in Chicago. If you are in Union Station, there's a lot of people that have come through. So if I go in there and I'm able to touch the wall or, you know, sit on a bench that maybe someone else sat on and I, and I, cause a lot of it has to do with touch. If I touch the armrest of the bench, I can tell if someone had been sitting there and what they had been feeling. So it's like if someone, a woman sat here and she was very sad, but it can go as far as like a woman was sad and she sat here, but I, I'll get a glimpse of what she wore. And so I'll be able to know like, oh, this in 19, in the 1960s, a woman in a green hat sat here and she was very sad that she missed her train. And it's like it, in that time, it's like, okay, what do I do with information like that? There's really nothing to do. And so it's like a fun little movie. It's like a fun snapshot. That's something that's very um, entertaining to me. But then there's also moments where I'll meet a, a real person and I will interact with them, or if I shake someone's hand, you know, a lot of times it has to do with me touching someone. If I shake their hand, sometimes I'll get a glimpse of their childhood. Like, oh, they really used to like to play with this one neighbor, and I can see them running in a field. I can see that. And that will sort of influence how I speak to them. So if I know that they enjoy certain things as a kid, I can kind of infer that, like, oh, maybe – you know, they're, they still have, you know, they, they like to have fun or they, maybe they like to play golf. Like they still like to be outside and, but maybe those things have changed. So I, it kind of helps me connect with people a little bit more. Uh, what was the other part of that question? Um, well, I, I think that, I think you answered it pretty well. And it, yeah. it brings up the, the question uh, regarding post cognition. I mean, yes. if say, I know it's mostly physical, but say you're watching a movie. Do you ever have, uh, can you ever tell what they were feeling when they, you know, when they were shooting that particular scene or how does that, does that ever confuse, you know, does fiction confuse this, um, this gift or, um, yeah, and that's, that's interesting to me when you, maybe someone is, you know, something has been recorded in the past, but you're watching it in the present. Uh, yeah, well, I, I will tell you just from watching movies that everyone who has ever made a movie has been so incredibly stressed out. No one is ever having a good time. And so if you can. Okay. So as an empath, you feel that stress just kind of just oozing, dripping off of the the screen. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Cause you see what's in the shot, but I can feel what's outside of the shot. And so I can feel the crew members getting very stressed out and maybe the two leads didn't like each other. It's it's very hard to separate myself from what's going on in the screen and the narrative versus how the actual, because those are real people, like, you know, actors are real people with real emotions. And so sometimes it's hard to 
differentiate between that. It's like, I, I can't, I, I can't enjoy movies because I'm just like, man, everyone was so stressed out. Like no one was happy making this movie. So just like Union Station, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the, the present uh, where the emotions reside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really interesting in that uh, time doesn't seem to be a limiting factor to to your uh, your psychic stuff. Yeah, none, um, none whatsoever. And if, if you think about it in terms of like a silent movie and people just conveying emotions with their eyes, it's like it doesn't even need to be verbal. Like I can I can see from an actor i can i can see that charlie chaplin was pissed off when he made a movie you know it's like oh, okay i get it right even though the movie was a comedy not um a dramedy or a pissed off mm-hmm. movie yeah so it sounds like sight is a is a big connection obviously mm-hmm. we've got all our different senses here and you have an extra you said that touch is a big one does yes. does taste smell um, do any, is there any other connections there that hearing, you, hearing, hearing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, it all, it all stems from sight. I wouldn't be able to do a lot of this if I couldn't see. And so I, you know, I see something, I touch something. I've pretty much gotten the message already. You know, I, I can, I figured it out already. Um, I don't really have a sense of smell. And so, you know, and my hearing isn't that good. So, mm. it, it, you know, it could be on, on that that maybe my sense of sight. Actually, my, my eyesight isn't that good either. But, uh, but, okay, but my sense I am, of uh, I'm writing down a smell. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I already know what it is. Oh, yeah? You d- yeah. I, I, I can't believe that. Well, okay, what, what smell am I writing down? Vanilla. What? I drew a flower, uh, you know, a little vanilla flower, and then I put the the beans and the yeah, stuff like beans. that. Yeah, I was I was trying to be jocular, and you just blew me out of the water. Yeah, well, some people would have drawn the like bottle of vanilla extract, but I don't. Is yeah, I'm not familiar with um with that type of thing. I yeah. um, you know, I'm a very you know, I'm it's not vanilla, sure that vanilla. vanilla. Interesting, interesting. There's so this is a bottle that uh, has an extraction in it. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, there you know you have the 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 vanilla bean, and then you have like the extract that you would use for cooking, right? Okay, for cook. Yeah, I love yeah. cooking, and this sounds like a shortcut for me, so I don't have yeah. to use these beans all the time. No, Sorry, no. I'm just, uh, just, I don't need yeah, to derail can, things. I just need to make a note of this. You can uh, just go to the store and and buy extract. it there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Ask them for an extract of vanilla. Yeah. Very good. Excellent. So, Thank you. Thank you. I want to take a quick break, but I want to pose this question, maybe give you a moment to think about it while we mm-hmm. take our, our break. Um, uh, and what's the most recent uh, event that maybe has uh, has been the most interesting or, you know, crazy for our listeners and viewers? You know, uh, whether it was, you know, it, it, did you come in contact with a famous person or a you know, a serial killer or mm. whatever. And then you felt this immense um, insight or emotion or whatever, um, you know, something kind of sensational for our, our viewers and listeners. Um, so why don't you think about that? And uh, if, if um, you know, maybe you can come up with something, uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back. Mm. 
We're back from a short break with our very own Nancy Drew and Dr. Seymour. Uh, I am Stone Phillips, and we are talking about psychic stuff. And in this case, um, I, I don't know if it's called empathy as a noun or uh, being a, a psychic empath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, would be, you would just be an empath. Okay, so yes, you're a psychic empath. Um <laughs> And I posed a question before we took a break. I'm, you know, for our listeners out there, uh, if you had one particular uh, incident, um, recent or not, uh, where this, you know, was very intense, uh, you know, uh, just a, an interesting story. Yes. Well, I think for any good story, you have to have a, a tiny bit of backstory. And I mentioned that my abilities grew when I was a child. And my entire life, from the time I can remember, I have had this um, one pack of tarot cards. I think when a lot of times when psychics get started, sometimes they um, are they go out and they buy tarot cards because they think, well, I don't really know where to start, but let me see if I can interpret these messages some way. So a tarot, a deck of tarot cards is actually able to give you sort of like a physical reference or help you make sense. Cause a lot of times it can be a lot of gobbledygook. You can get a lot of interference and things. So sometimes it just helps you focus. So I actually got, uh, tarot cards from the mall. I think it's probably circa 1998. I was with, uh, my friend, Michelle, she lived across the street from me and, uh, we had gone to the mall and there was like a, a store in the mall called Natural Wonders. It was like a very like yes, physical, you remember Natural Wonders? I know Natural Wonders, yeah. uh, where you could buy a pewter dragon holding <laughs> a glass ball. Okay, yes, yeah, yes. It was mostly like pewter statues holding orbs, uh, but she saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself because I was kind of the shrimpy kid. I you know I I wasn't held back in school, but I was sort of held back because of my physical size. And so my mom always, you know, wanted me to wait till I was bigger so I could, you know, keep sure, up with yeah, the kid. Sure, yeah, they could hold you back for, for, for gym class they right. wanted. Right, yeah, yeah, and it was embarrassing. So, so uh, you know, my, my friend Michelle, or Mishy, as I always called her, um, she, she uh, took me to the mall one day, and she took me to Natural Wonders because we like to play with the rain sticks. And uh, she picked up this deck of tarot cards that had a picture of the Sphinx uh, on the on the deck, and she said, "I just think you need these." And I said, "Okay." And so she bought them. They were like ten bucks or something like that. You know, they had to have been cheap because you know it's kid money. You know, and uh, and I, and I have the deck with me here. I have it on my, right here, and uh, and it's it's called the Isis Tarot, and it says uh, an inner way to self knowledge. And it's such a beat up box now because I've been using these cards for years, and you know I'm 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 an old woman now, but I've been using these cards since 1998, and they've been with me forever. I keep them in the glove box of my car, so I'm actually not far off if I need to you know do like a quick tarot reading or somebody needs help, and I'm like ah oh, let me get my let me get my cards. I actually consider them like psyche cards. They're not really like traditional tarot cards because they have like very interesting images on them like there's a sphinx there's like triangles there's a picture of a fox like it's just very like 
you know, very uh, interesting images, not traditional. A few years ago, I was with my family and they were looking to buy a house in Michigan. And we were looking at a bunch of different houses and they took me with them. <clears throat> Excuse me. I didn't live with them at the time, but they took me anyway because I was visiting and they thought, well, we could use your expertise just because I'm able to go into buildings and uh, figure out one, if they're haunted or not, and two, if there's any sort of like negative energy left behind. And um, they took me to this one house. It, I, I'll never forget it. It was like, it was, it was seriously, the address was like 123 Main Street in this very small town in Michigan. It was like, had train tracks running through the center and that was about it. Maybe there was like an Elks Club or something. Sure. But, uh, you know, that was it. And very cute house, like seemingly cute, you know, almost sort of like a Hansel and Gretel situation where the cat, where the house is made out of candy. And you know, oh, come on in. So it's very like inviting. But and it wasn't made out of candy, the house. It was not, but okay. it was, the vibe was like, it looked sweet. Like it was a sweet little house that uh, it, would, okay. it would like draw you in in that way. And then, you mm. know, maybe something bad happened, but, sure. um, but you, you don't know until you go in. And... It was one of those things where I can always walk into a building and instantly know if something is bullshit or not. And this kind of took me for a loop. Like I could tell that something had gone to great lengths to make it seem like everything was fine. You know, it was very like well put together house. But as you walk deeper into it, you could sort of see the, the metaphorical cracks, you know. It was a very good house, like no cracks in the foundation or the walls or anything like that. I'm talking about like the psychic cracks, you know. And so, you know, we, we, we go through the rooms and, you know, I just, I start to get this like terrible sick feeling. And so, of course, the first thing I do is go in the basement because you, you got to start from the ground and, and work your way up. So I go in the basement and I look around and it's, it's one of those like dirt floor basements. And in the center of it, is a root cellar and it's like a wooden door with a very heavy metal uh, uh, like pole polar on there and I, I try to I try to open it up because you know, I'm just I'm just nosy so I, I try to open it up and it it doesn't have a lock on it but something is keeping it shut and I'm trying shaking I'm trying to open this and it's like okay that that felt really weird and uh, you know, there was nothing down there, maybe like a ladder, some paint cans. And I just like, I felt this like terrible feeling, but there's really nothing for me to touch in there. So like, I couldn't really get a good reading. You know, I could only go on, on, from what I could see. And my mom said it smelled terrible, but I can't really smell anything. So I didn't really know. So we go, we go back up and it's like, as we climb the floors of this house, you know, everything just starts to feel just so sinister. And I go down the hallway and I'm by myself so I could finally like get a good reading, you know. We ditch the realtor, so it's like, you know, you're by yourself, you're doing some exploring. Sure. And I'm touching the walls and, you know, as I touch the walls, I just, I feel just pain. I feel, you know, misery. I feel just like, it's overwhelming. It was almost like very heavy, almost like a panic attack, like very heavy in your chest. And uh, I go into this room, yeah, like a bedroom, and um, I round the corner and I, and I open the closet door. And it's not a closet, it's stairs. 
And so I look up the stairs like it's going to go to like an attic or something. And the stairs are boarded up. It's a door that leads to stairs. Yeah, a door that leads to stairs. And you you maybe look like maybe four or five stairs. And then you kind of like put your head in the door and you look up to see where the stairs go. And it's nothing. It's like a staircase to nowhere. Everything's boarded up. And I, I, I touch the ceiling, or I touch where it's boarded up. I touch that, and it's so it's almost like lightning, you know, going down into my body. Like I felt, it was just one of those moments where I'm not gonna say a demon, but maybe it was a demon. And I call my mom into the room, and I show her the staircase, and she looks at me, and I'm like, "We need to get out of here." And so. We leave. We we're, 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 we're walking out. The realtor's like, oh, well, what'd you think? And my mom's trying to be all gracious and stuff. And I look at the realtor and I go to shake her hand. And like, you know, you do that thing where you, you go to shake someone's hand, you kind of pull them in close so you you can talk to them and, and they can't really hear what you're saying. Anyone else can hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of whisper in her ear. I'm like, you need to get out of here. Like something terrible happened in this house. You know, I got visions of a woman. I got visions of like, you know, uh, a, an axe. It, it was like a, a disgruntled girl with an axe, and she she killed her her parents. And she, you know, she it, it, was, it was a very it, it felt like it was the the location of a very grisly murder from maybe like the eighteen hundreds or something. Because, you know, old house. And, and, and she, you know, she, she like pulled her hand away really quickly. Like, uh, you know, like I had just, you know, I had, I shocked her too much. And she, she looked at me like I was crazy. Which, you know, you get that a lot when you're psychic. Sometimes people are very reluctant, you know, to say, you know, to understand the messages. And, uh, you know, she, she just brushed it off. So we went go look at other houses. A week later, I am doing a tarot reading to myself because sometimes you got to do little tune-ups, you know. So I'm reading my own tarot cards, just kind of see what's going on. These are the cards I've had my entire life, and I'm putting down the cards, and I just get this like flash of of this real estate agent. And I just, I feel so weird. And so, you know, I, I told my mom, I'm like, oh, do you, do you have the card of this lady still? She goes, yeah. I give her a call. And she's talking to me and turns out that house collapsed. Collapsed. That house collapsed. And she was barely able to get out. And I, I guess it was like, she she told me that she had remembered what I said that it, like she had, had to get out and she she was trying to like you know push it out of her mind but she was shown it one day and uh, and the whole thing collapsed. Turns out what I had said was true and there was a very very like dark spirit very dark entity there and that was a message that I had picked up on and so I felt like I was able to save her life in that way. So you mentioned these tarot cards. Um, is that something uh, you still do? Do you use tarot cards for readings or? Um... Mm-hmm. 
I use them for readings. Uh, I use them on other people, uh, myself. Um, you know, sometimes I'll just, like I said, it's like you give yourself a little tune-up sometimes. Like somebody you have a hard time figuring out the answer to a question or, um, you know, figuring out what message it is. Like you throw down a few cards, you know, it helps you focus a little bit. It's almost like a visual aid. Interesting. So uh, I think you can uh, probably tell what I'm uh, heading <laughs> toward. Uh, would you be able to do a reading for myself or Dr. Seymour? Absolutely. Wow. So I, I have to kind of mentally prepare for that myself. Um, maybe we, why don't we take a quick break? You can um, shuffle your tarot cards if that's what you do. I'm not yep. entirely sure. Uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back with a real, true, factual tarot card reading. We're back after another short break on Real True Facts this week. Uh, now it is time for uh, a, a, well, it won't be live to you, but it's live for us. We will not edit this and redo it or anything like that. This is a one-shot deal. Um, our very own Nancy Drew doing uh, a reading for uh, Nancy, uh, are you going to do myself uh, or Dr. Seymour? Let's do Dr. Seymour. He's, he's very enigmatic. Okay, so let's uh, let's let's do this then. I I'll step out of the way because I'm not even sure if there's anything for me to facilitate. Yeah. But uh, yeah, go well, ahead, Nancy. Yeah, so, what what do you need from me? Yeah, I cut you off there. No, no. Um, uh, all I need from you is to have an open heart, uh, to allow yourself to receive messages. Um, I know as a man of science, sometimes it is very hard to. Um, accept things that you can't prove. So, you know, a lot of it's taken on faith, but, you know, I, I'm here to tell you that everything is true uh, in this way. So, you know, stay open, have a, a question in mind, um, either about yourself or uh, your future, uh, anything that you would like to know. And I'll put down a few cards and I'll just tell you a few things and uh, hopefully it answers your questions. Now, I will say this is my deck from Natural Wonders uh, from 1998 that I've been carrying forever. And so the significance of this deck is that it is very in tune with myself and my energies. I am the only person who has ever used this deck in this entire time. So, uh, you know, like I said with my story about the real estate agent, I believe wholeheartedly that the messages I get from these cards have the ability to uh, save your life. Wow. Wow. Awesome. So, uh, so I guess just think about something that you uh, need an answer to, and we'll try and answer it. So I'm going to put down some cards here. Now, these aren't normal cards. These are um, almost uh, Egyptian-themed, and so we've got three here. I'll just I'll, I'll start with the center card, because that, that would be the one that... Um, describes you so it is called the trial card and it has a picture of a bird and a picture of a fox on there and the, the fox is looking at the bird um we also have a card to the uh, left which would indicate something that happened in your past and then we have a card to the right that would indicate your future so um the card on the left is a it's called the star and it's a very bright pink star and then we have the one on the right, 
is uh, called Janus, and so it's it's like uh, the the Greek god with uh, the two faces. And that one is inverted, which means that it's upside down, so it has a, a different meaning. So we have the uh, the trial in the middle. So uh, to me, that would indicate that uh, there is someone in your life that you can't trust or you have uh, suspicions about. Uh, those suspicions are true. Oh, wow. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to say you can't trust anyone, but be very careful with who you trust, uh, especially people you know, because sometimes you, just, you can't trust people you know either. Um, so it's okay to be skeptical. It's okay to question things um, because it, it will come in handy. It will keep you safe. Um, so if something seems off, chances are it is. So trust your instincts um, and uh, and it, it will help you help you go far. Um, the uh, star card on the left here um, would indicate that you have been very prosperous in your past, um, that you have come a long way by being a very positive person and uh, you know, keep doing that. Keep being positive. Um, you know, I see a lot of money. You know, I, I see you being a very uh, wealthy individual. I know you're, you're in the market for a new microscope, and those aren't cheap. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe buy two if you can swing it. Uh, then on the right, we've got the Janus card, which is the uh, god with two faces, indicating um, that um, there'll be a couple decisions you'll have to make. And... They might be difficult decisions. They might be easy decisions. It could be both. Um, you know, just uh, weigh your options. Be scientific in everything that you do, and uh, you know, use use logic. Wow. Um, yeah. With um, uh, my limited experience with tarot card readings has been from television and. And movies as a very skeptical person, and and often you, you see the the subject of the reading mm-hmm. you know, being much more interactive than I was being, and I was just l- trying to sit back as an yeah. observer there with obviously something in mind as I was instructed, and I I cannot communicate. I can't really express how dead on that reading was and how it felt like you were. Just reading straight into the emotions I was feeling as I'm at a turning point in my research and, and trying to um, figure out if it if it is time in fact to bring in a, a, a new consultant to help with my research we are mm-hmm. at a point where we can afford to bring more staff on but I'm just skeptical of the the outside people coming in at the time that we're, we are finding so much success and so many breakthroughs and for you in your bunker so mm-hmm. far from me in my bunker, even having idea of, of my current area of research to, to read all of that. Wow. Yeah. Well, I can say yes. You, it is definitely time to bring in a larger staff, but be careful who you bring in. You're not going to be able to trust any of those people. Um, there's always going to be that, you know, younger, hotshot scientist that's going to feel like know everything and I feel like you're going to be able to spot that person because you used to be that way 
It's like looking in a mirror. So because you have that experiences, you will be able to spot that person and weed them out. But because there's always two sides to it, maybe that person becomes your biggest ally. Maybe it's two sides of the same coin and you need that hot shot to kind of open up new research possibilities. So that's kind of what I'm getting because you have, you know, you have your trial here, which I mean, science experiments, there's always trials. There's always two sides of things. You know, you have your control group, you have your variable group and uh, you know, you're going to be successful, but I'm telling you, trust no one. Oh, thank you. That's that advice and that, that, that clairvoyance and clarity couldn't come mm-hmm. um, at a more, more important time yeah. in my life. See, see, that's the feeling I'm getting. I'm getting a lot of images of like beakers. I'm getting a lot of images of, you know, people shaking hands and you're, you're all wearing safety goggles and you're cheering like you found something huge, you know, and then like in the background, I see like someone else kind of like dawdling away on a clipboard being like, hmm, yeah, okay, we'll see, you know, watch out for that person. But that person could also be your biggest ally, but it also could be you. So, wow, I, yeah, I, you can't, you can't make this kind of stuff up. This, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, also that's, you know, I imagine that's good advice for his situation. And there are some, some kernels of truth for everyone mm-hmm. um, in there. I, wow, I'm, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's I can see it playing out in front of me. And, wow. and it's exactly like that, you know. Okay, so yeah, we're uh, soon we're going to get uh, wrap things up and uh, do our traditional uh, listener mail. Uh, Dr. Seymour, um, thank you for being our or her guinea pig. I hope, and, I hope he's okay. I feel like sometimes uh, was, I, I, rock, I rock people's worlds a little bit. No, that was so amazing, so timely, so insightful. So for you to be able to do that and the earlier um, demonstration with um, Stone with just yeah the simple drawings and all that it's just you've you've really opened my eyes and helped me professionally as well thank you wow so um yeah thanks uh, thanks again dr seymour for uh assisting me in conducting this interview uh, of our very own nancy drew and uh so um nancy mm-hmm. uh viewer mail what do we have this week we've got one that uh is aliens Aliens. Is, I, guess, yes. I, guess, I guess it's anonymous. They didn't sign their name, which is okay. Um, it says, aliens, good alien episode, need to go deeper. The truth is out there. Uh, I agree 100%. We will go deeper uh, into the truth. I mean, the episode we did on aliens, I consider that a part one of a very long multi-part uh, series on aliens themselves. So it... <laughs> And that that email wasn't signed by anyone. It just said need to go deeper. The yeah, good. It said good alien episode. Need to go deeper. The truth is out there. Wow. So it sounds like this person might know uh, a little bit more than they're letting on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, and we are always here to dig deeper. Um. Let's see. And uh, for other folks, so for, you know, maybe our new listeners, uh, what's our, we have an email address where people can write to us, correct? Yeah, our email address is realtruefactsmail at gmail.com. Uh, also, you can contact us on our Instagram as well. Uh, realtruefacts is at realtruefactsgram. And that's on Instagram. You can always DM us there. Okay. Uh, 
It's, yeah, they can do that. Uh, let's see, Bigfoot. This this email says Bigfoot Ep. Uh, I just got done bawling my eyes out from your Bigfoot episode. So oh, wow. I know, so beautiful. I wish everyone had that much love in the world. Uh, we do too. I, I think uh, Ranger Steve Littles did a wonderful job really connecting us with a world that we we need to learn more about. I'm glad, and that's just one more of those uh, emails, uh, communications that lets us know that we're making a difference, and mm-hmm. that's uh, that's important to me. Yeah, connecting humans. Uh, this one's a little weird. Uh, it says, "Please don't respond." That's the subject line. Please don't respond. Don't worry, we weren't going to. Please discuss lizard people. Can't say anymore. Be careful. Whoa. Wow. Okay. That's pretty bold. Um, it is, yeah. Uh, I think uh, we'll have to address this in the future, won't we? We will. Um, so uh, be careful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, thank God we're underground. So let's uh, uh, let's make a note of that and yes. uh, circle Lizard, back. Lizard people. I mean, we've got we've got clones uh, that we're going to do next week, uh, and then we'll we'll line up lizard people. Um, but uh, we'll have to be very careful. <laughs> apparently, apparently we're we're uh, yeah. Apparently we're stepping on some toes here of the uh, uh, the powerful and and rich and and powerful. Well, and it's funny because I've got the predictive text with the email, and it's like it, it pre-writes responses. It's like, okay, I will. Thanks, I will. No, I won't. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to say any of that stuff. Like because yeah, be don't respond. Thank you. Yeah, I will do that. No, no I no, I won't be careful. No, uh, we don't respond to any of our emails anyway. So right, we have to. It's a it's a safety precaution. Safety precaution. So yeah. Um, Man, you know, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show this week. I, hopefully you're able to get uh, a better understanding of, of psychics and, and what we do. Um, I know at times you kind of just have to take a leap there and, and fill in the blanks yourself. But, uh, you know, I appreciate that you all trusted me to be the one to get to the real truth behind all these things and, and to do that on the show. Yeah, I think it was a good experiment, and um, you know, and let us, uh, you listeners out there, let us know how you feel. Uh, follow us on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, leave us a rating uh, when you get the chance, and tell your friends. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we want to stay in in the business of information and making sure you all stay informed. So, um, you know. Uh, smash that like button mm-hmm. we're even on youtube if you want to go that route so uh and and also thank you to you stone um i i, I appreciate that all and thank you to dr seymour this week uh kind of stepping into a role that he wasn't familiar with so um i think uh i think we all learned something very valuable today and hopefully um it uh, opened more people's eyes to the truth uh, the real truth behind uh, psychic stuff. <laughs> yes, I, I I learned a lot. I'm still I'm still trying to figure out your tricks when it came to my uh, <laughs> my drawings and uh, and words and uh, your tarot card reading. So I'll well, be racking my brain on that for a little while now. Well, uh, magician never reveals the secrets. 
Um, so yeah, we will. Uh, I, I think that'll be all for us today. We will say thanks again. Thank you to all of our dear listeners. Uh, please tune in next week. We'll be talking about clones and how you might be able to figure out if you yourself are a clone. Um, be sure to give us a like. Send us an email if you want to. And uh, we can't do it without you. Uh, thank you so much. And remember, just because you hear about it or read it doesn't mean it's true. Thank you. And we'll see you next time on Real True Facts. <laughs>